0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Endeavors. On today's show, I speak with filmmakers Peter Hutchins and Thomas Vincent. That's coming up on Endeavors. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Endeavors. Well, this is my last episode recorded and uploaded um, from the UK. Uh, When this goes out, the day after, the morning after, I will be flying from London to Vienna, and then catching a bus from Vienna across the border into Bratislava. So, um, it's it's coming up quickly uh, on me. And who knows what the next, um, you know, 10 to 12 weeks we'll have in store but um, here we are Um, yeah it's hard to believe that uh, you know even where I was two and a half three weeks ago and um, where I am now but uh, you know we all get there in the end, and, uh, yeah, here's to my new chapter, and again, the show's not ending, I'll just be in a new place, again, um, and I meant, you know, I I mentioned, you know, things can surprise you, and, and sneak up on you, and today, I'm interviewing Two directors whose films surprised me, I think, in, in different ways. Um, the first is director uh, Thomas Vincent, uh, who has worked on such TV series as Reacher, Possessions, Bodyguard, Borgia... Among others, but he is also the director of a great sort of satirical, dark, um, kind of comedy action film called Roleplay, Play um, with Kaylee Cuoco, David Oyelowo, Connie Nielsen, and Bill Nighy, and it's about. This woman, Emma, who has a wonderful husband and two kids in the suburbs of New Jersey. But she's also secretly an assassin for hire. And this is something that her husband doesn't know. So it's like, you know, a, people will want to compare it to um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I think it's a, a very different movie. I think it's funnier. Um, I think it's a little more modern. Um, and it's very, very good. And... Uh, Thomas Vincent will talk to us about that and you'll also hear from uh, director Peter Hutchins, um, director of the film which I sort of call an anti-rom-com um, which brings me to you starring Nat Wolfe and Lucy Hale and I'll be talking to Peter in a little bit but right now this is my interview with Thomas Vincent. thomas vincent hello how are we today ah uh, we're good just uh, London in la so uh yeah uh fun nice. nice nice um so role play um i had a chance to watch this movie and it 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 really surprised me um i think it, in a lot in of a good ways way, yes yeah, no it, I, I, <laughs> I i i really enjoyed it i'm curious you know because action and comedy can sometimes be I think difficult to do correctly because they're they're very much opposite. Um, mm-hmm. So, as, as a director, uh, how how do you go about finding that that balance of of tone? You sweat. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: it's a very good question because, and it was the question that uh, me and the producers were really asking ourselves since the very uh, beginning of the process. Um, because you're right, it's like oil and water, and comedy can make the action not, you know, um, um, strong enough, and, and action can uh, can make the comedy ir- irrelevant. Um, so it it is it is a balance that we had on our minds since day one, and through script casting um and and especially in the editing uh like we've worked a lot to make that balance work uh and um and it took a while especially in the casting well during the shoot there were some scenes for which i knew by experience that i would only find out in the edit what you know on which side uh it should it should lean um and I, I shot some scenes twice, actually, like in you know, in the two versions of of some right. of, of some some scenes. It's in, for instance, the scene when uh, David and Kaylee meets in this bar in Berlin, which was to me like I, w- I was really not sure which way it should go, and we should we basically shot two versions of it so we would be able to really balance it in the edit. And and it's been a long a long process to find that sweet spot in the edit, like more than usually, you know, usually by the second cut You have a clear idea Where this is going You know Like like okay yeah. This is what the film is Now we just need to Make it better uh, And or, or save the day If it's really bad But uh, <laughs> But uh, Here Like really Like cut one Two Three We're like Ugh No It's like You know It's like when you're cooking And trying to make a sauce And it's not coming together <laughs> And it's only Cut four And suddenly Oh Here is a film here is the film, and from there we—it was just work to improve it. But uh, but we knew we had found the chemistry, and also it works with the music, which is really a very important ingredient in the in the sauce.
0: Um, you know, what's interesting? There's been a lot of films, you know, in sort of the last five, ten years. You know, this subgenre of female assassins. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think we see we're we're starting to see sort of that. Kind of type of character um, in a lot more stories. For you as a filmmaker, what makes that type of character appealing?
1: It's another great question. Uh, um, I, I completely understand. And it's it, it's a very um central question for me. Like it really has been. Uh, I think first, the reason why you see more and more female assassin in Hollywood is that. It's a way for Hollywood to embrace the evolution of society without changing its patterns like if you want good guys killing the bad guys which is Hollywood you know it's Hollywood that's what it is um and still you want to be still relevant in the past uh 2010 well one way to go is to just make the same films with a female hero instead of a male um which is greenwashing, basically, uh, and something I was not completely comfortable with. Uh, I think the way it worked for me, what made it work for me, was that it was, it was an opportunity to tell a story about couples and about family, and, and that made it interesting to me. Uh, it's not so much that it was a female badass hero, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, uh, it's like this film is really, I think what's more original about the film is beyond the action and the fun and everything, which it is and and it should be. Uh, but you know, it's like it's like a space rocket. That's that's the engines. That's that's the mm-hmm. big thing. But what's on the top of the rocket is uh, is that couple? What we say about couple life today, married life today, right? And, and and how this couple works, like it's kind of reversed. The man is not really, you know, uh, the um, father and ruler, and the wife is more independent. And how do they, like, how 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 does it make family life more difficult and yet more interesting? And how do they manage? And and I think that's what makes the film interesting and relevant for, for an audience, actually, because we, we all face that, I think, today.
0: We all know about Kaylee Cuoco's comedy chops, you know, with, with her career in sitcoms, but I was pleasant. I actually think David is the funnier character um, in this and a lot. I think, you know, just in, in you know, his, his dialogue and everything. In terms of directing, when you're working with an actor who is primarily known for dramas, how much comedy coaching do you have to do on set? Oh, you mean for David?
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, that was easy. Uh, (laughs) David is incredibly gifted for comedy. Uh, um, But it's it's another good question. (laughs) Uh, When the idea of uh, casting David first came up, I had exactly the same reaction as yours. Like, to me... Like it was Martin Luther King in Selma. So I like, oh, is it going to be fin- funny enough? And then I met him and and like it's impossible not to not to laugh when you have a, a drink with with David. I mean, it's, impos- it's just impossible. The guy's got funny bones. Like he's, he's super gifted with comedy. So, you know, like after five minutes for me, like the whole meeting lasted for two hours, but like within five minutes, I was like, okay, that's done. We're good. That's, it's going to be fine. Yeah. That that guy has got yeah. an incredible sense of humor and incredible sense of timing, which which is what he demonstrates in the uh, in, in the film. I think what was probably more difficult is for Kaylee because it it took it took a lot of bravery from her and loyalty to the film to accept not being the funnier clown in the film. She's the I mean she's funny too, especially in the second part. But but. Uh, uh, she's the more serious character, and and in a way, I think this is where she wants to go. She wants to demonstrate that she's not only a clown, but uh, and but and, and she's been going that way, and 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 she's very brave at that. So yeah,
0: you, you know, you, you mentioned about having a drink with David, and I think a big turning point in the film is the when they have drinks at the bar and they meet um, Bill Nye's character, and sort of, and then it, and then it takes off from there. Um, I'm curious. What you would do if you found yourself in that situation where you were either witness to a crime or sort of tangentially close to it? Did, did making this film and that scene make you think about that at all?
1: Not at all. I'm not. I'm not brave. Uh, I'm just a film director without a whole crew to help me do anything at all. I'm 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 useless in life. I'm uh, as my wife. I mean, no, no. I, I make I I make movies. I'm like uh, uh, I'm <laughs> I'm a nuisance for humanity. No, come on, no. I could I don't know what could I do if I was uh, a witness of a crime. Idea. Uh, I'd run away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh my God! Um, you know it's that thing. Um, so I'm French, and so um, a few years ago, there there was this Bataclan attack in Paris with ISIS, right. and I, and I've been wondering, like many other people, a lot. You know, so these guys came into that theater. Where there were like hundreds of people Then there was just two of them with guns and and they started shooting in the crowd and no one had the what seems to be the common sense of okay guys let's go you know maybe they'll shoot a, a, a couple of us but we'll stop the whole thing and no one had and i don't think it's a question of courage i no one had the um the impulse to do that. No one was able to do that because I think we're not ready for violence. None of us is, and when we're faced with extreme violence, the only thing like we become just scared animals, and uh, and, and we just lay low. And I think that's what that's what I. It's probably what I would do. You know, the, yeah, you know, I'm I'm just a human being, so I guess.
0: Speaking of violence, how fun was it to watch Kaylee? Fight a seventy-year-old man in 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 Bill in Bill Nye. Uh,
1: I was afraid for the seventy-year-old man. <laughs> uh, I was afraid that uh, uh Bill would would hurt somehow. Uh, so a part of the scene, as you can guess, is shot with stand-ins. Uh, but um, but I was always uh, you know, like yeah, well, uh, he's hey, he's a brilliant man. But he's not young anymore, so you're always afraid that he's going to yeah. hurt. Uh, but uh, but he was fine in the
0: end, yeah. and he's so great, so, yeah. Um, a, a good chunk of this film takes place in Berlin, and it's interesting. We were talking about sort of, you know, action tropes and, and film tropes. And for whatever reason, Berlin seems to be a very common city, to have for these types of movies um you know if there's a big fight scene in europe it's usually you know sometimes it's paris but it's 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 often berlin what do you think it is about this city that always you know that is such a fit for maybe the darker side of things
1: um so berlin is an interesting city for sure because of its history. But that was your bad question. Uh, Because, because, uh, in fact, the sad truth is that the place where you set a story often relies on the economy. Uh, And... um, uh, this story was originally not written in to be uh, playing in Europe. It was written like an American story, and then because of uh, it's like because Studio Canal is a European company, and Studio Canal was involved, so it had to play in Europe basically for tax shelter things, and and yeah. so the producer we started to to uh, think. So which one would it be? Well, it also depends on tax shelter things, and it depends on where. You can find sets available at any given time. Maybe it's got to be Prague or Berlin. Well, in the end, they had been working in Berlin. They knew Berlin. So we said, okay, Berlin seems like the best choice there, the place where we can have the most for our our buck in terms of production, and we can make the best film right now. So we said, okay, let's go for Berlin. So let's make it work in Berlin. So it's not, to begin with, it's not an artistic choice. It's a purely production. But then it becomes an artistic choice. Once you say, okay, let's, let's make Berlin. So Berlin, what does it give us? You know, it's, it's almost like when you're shooting a scene and it's supposed to be sunny and then it actually, it's rainy on that day and you can not push it for whatever reason. Well, then the, re- the answer to that is not, let's try to bring a lot of light so, so, so that, so that it looks like it's sunny, but no, let's make it great with the rain. And, uh, and, Making films is often about that. So then it was like we decided that the best production option was to shoot it in Berlin, and and then we started working around the idea of Berlin. What you know, like the 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 history of the story of the of the city, like and and which is, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's striking when you're in Berlin. Yeah. It's a city that's in, that's infused with history, way everywhere and. um uh, and for instance, the, the forest outside Berlin where we shot the ending, uh, we had to probe, you know, they had to probe the, the, the ground everywhere now and then to make sure that there were, there were not some unexploded ordnance from World War II there, yeah. because there's been so much bloodshed everywhere. Uh, and and it's it's a strangely, you know, it's a very cool city. In a country that's more, you know, Germany is a serious, know, a country of serious people, and uh, and 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 Berlin is not a city of serious people at all, which is which makes it very fun. I mean, it's uh, it's a great city to be honest. I love it.
0: And it was, you know, when she's running through all the graffiti alleys, it had a very, you know, I think a, a grittier feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and as a director who's looking out for shots, how much does a certain backdrop? kind of play play into the the tone of the story if at all. Well,
1: what, what was what was very what I was looking for and 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 we found in Berlin because of you know that uh location where we shot this was to find a place which was as dramatically different from New Jersey as possible. Like really like she comes from that you know lovely suburbia in New Jersey and And then she ends up in that place, which is, which is, which looks like hell basically. And, uh, and that was, that was a a very interesting
0: contrast, like two sides, two very opposite sides of her life. Um, And no, wasn't Haley also a producer on this film? So I'm, I'm curious just in terms of the, that collaboration, I mean, how much was it director actor? How much was it director producer?
1: Oh, that was very, oh, she was very clear that uh, she, w- whenever she was involved as an actress, she was not involved as a producer. It was one or the other, which is great. I, and I thank her for that because like having, you know, to play both sides at the same time is, can be very difficult to navigate for a director. And and I was really like, I, I think I never, I've never been in, um, we've never been discussing together director and producer. She's always, we've always been working director and actress.
0: There's a, there's a lot of, I think, great moments in this film, but I'm curious for you as a director, was there a day on set that was your favorite or or maybe a scene that was your favorite when it shot or maybe a scene that turned out to be your favorite um, in the editing room? Um, well, several. Um
1: in terms of set, the uh, the scene you mentioned in the bar with Bill Nighy, uh was the most important scene of the film for me. Uh, because when I first read the script, this is the scene that made me say, I want to make this film. Uh, because it was beautifully written, was fun, it was suspenseful. The, um, I don't know, you know it's difficult to say how, why I think it's the same for an actor, why you take a part, why you choose a script, why you fall in love with someone and not someone else. I mean, it's, you know, you you cannot rationalize everything there, but this is the scene which, which I really loved about this film most. And, and it felt to all of us, I mean, producers and, and, and the cast that it was the key scene that would propel the film. You know, like it's, it's where the, 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 um, uh, the story comes together, really. And uh, and we knew that it was, like, super important that we really nail this one 100%. And it was difficult because uh, a Bill was coming just for a week. And and it's difficult for an actor to, you know, just, just land on the set and bang, you're the key actor for the day. And, and it was like, to him, it was a big mouthful. He had a lot of lines and and uh and he's been absolutely amazing but it was like a big thing and everybody knew that it was like okay like basically you know there's on on every film there's there's a scene when you say okay today we succeed or we fail basically and the film is never going to be better than this film than this scene is going to be and i think this is the case for that one like that's where when you watch the scene or you love it or you don't but if you you love it that's you'll you'll love the rest of the film uh
0: well it's it's a great film uh and it's role play and it premieres globally on january 12th uh exclusively Friday. on prime video if i'm correct yes. you are yes uh thomas Vincent, thank you so much for your time today bye 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 cheers And once again, that was my interview with director Thomas Vincent. His new film, Roleplay, starring Kelly Cuoco and David Oyelowo, is out now. Well, from action comedy with secret assassins, we move over to a fresh take on the romantic comedy. In this case, it's almost... An anti-rom-com. The film is Which Brings Me to You, starring Lucy Hale and Nat Wolf. And the plotline is described as two romantic burnouts meet at a wedding and almost hook up in the coat room before putting the brakes on. They agree to try to exchange candid confessions about their pasts on the off chance that this might be the real thing. It is a surprisingly refreshing take uh, and twist on sort of the meet-me-at-a-wedding romantic comedy. And the guy behind it, um, Peter Hutchings, has done great work um, with The Hating Game, Then Came You, and The Outcasts. Uh, And, you know, in the interview, we go about, like, working with Lucy and Nat, who are both singers... Um, and just sort of, you know, the, the overall kind of tone of the film. So this is uh, my conversation with Peter Hutchins. Um yeah so uh you have a new film out um which brings me to you how did this uh project come into your lap
2: so I, I first read the script uh um a few years ago and i i really loved it and so i kept an eye on it and when it became available uh we jumped at it optioned it uh with the production company that i had uh that i've worked with uh on Several films, uh, BCDF Pictures, and uh, and we had just done the Hating Game together, and uh, Lucy and I were looking for something to team up on again, and so this seemed like a great opportunity. I sent the script to her; she loved it, and uh, we were we were off to the races.
0: Is it is it easier or harder to make a film with with somebody who you have that pre existing relationship with?
2: Definitely easier, you know. You've got a shorthand, um, both creatively and professionally, to know how how the other person likes to work, and also how you know they like to work on set. And so it was it was really it's 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 great to work with people uh, that you already know.
0: This is a the script is very dialogue heavy. Um, as as a director, what are certain challenges that come with directing scenes that are essentially all dialogue and nothing else?
2: Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, you know, f- f- the first step is to make sure that the dialogue is good <laughs> and as strong as possible. Um, but then also, um, you know, something that because I knew that was important to me was to try and still give the film as much energy and scope as possible so you know finding interesting great locations you know how we stage the scenes to get them off on up up off their feet and you know get these get get some some blood pumping so it's not just them sitting and talking to each other the, the whole movie so so yeah that is that's that's a challenge but it was also an exciting one to take on
0: One thing I really noticed about this film was the soundtrack uh, and and the use of music. How, how early on did that become a factor for the overall tone of the story?
2: Um, Well, the composer of the score is my brother, Spencer. And uh, he's, he's composed all of uh, the movies that I've directed with and, I just adore him, obviously, and working with him, and uh, and so you know, part of the privilege of that is that you know we're we could talk about music far earlier in the process, and music is so important to me in, um, at really from the beginning of the process, but as soon as I start editing, really, really, very, very quickly after having, uh, like the first rough assembly I need to start adding music in it's so important for me to start to to understand and shape these scenes so so Spencer was working on the score from very early on whereas in other films you might edit the movie for a few months lock the picture so that so the visuals don't change and then start working on the score and you know so it was it was great to be able to work in that way and yeah it was uh finding that right tone to match these characters and their journey and the overall vibe of the movie it brought so much to it
0: you know there's there's an old business adage that you should always be careful about um going into business with your family uh <laughs> I, i'm curious how you know how how that relationship ship is between the two of you where, you know when you're working together
2: you know, I mean, he—he's my best friend, so it's a—it's uh, really—it's my favorite part of the process, and uh, and he's so talented, so it's so exciting to see what he comes up with. You know, when I go into his studio and and uh, and see what he's been working on and see these scenes come to life. Uh, but working with family, you know, I'm kind of way past that point because my mom is um a background casting director and and uh, and also a casting director. She was a casting director on The Hating Game. Uh and my dad has is plays an extra in every one of my movies. He always has a featured extra role. Um he actually has a really great cameo in The Hating Game. Um he he plays the kind of creepy Santa Claus uh on the or not Santa, Santa Claus. Uh yeah, on uh on the bus um with this raw turkey. Anyway, I like to put him into some fun and embarrassing situations because my dad's a photographer. And so when I was a kid, I grew up and he would kind of put me into any of the uh any photo shoots that he had where he was too embarrassed to ask other kids' parents. So like anytime there was like a, a photo of like a drug deal or you know just something that was embarrassing that he had to do for Reader's Digest or something like that. I, you know, I got enlisted. So now I get to return,
0: I get to return it a little bit. I think um, one song that plays a really significant role in the plot is uh, You Had To Be You, or It Had To Be You. Um, We we hear it at the beginning and then we hear it in that, in that uh, bar scene towards the end. How early about in, in, the process did that song was was that written in the script that that was the song they were going to sing to each other
2: yeah so um so having having a song there um you know was something that during pre-production kept looking for the right uh for the right one and finally landed on that and spencer did the arrangement of that um for the the diegetic version of it which means the version that's actually in the movie that the characters are singing um, and he just did such a wonderful job it's such a beautiful arrangement and then the actors did such a good job with it uh, and then and then it was in post-production when looking for an opening song that we thought maybe we would do a very different at, uh, arrangement of that song and uh, and Spencer again did that and we brought in these wonderful singers, Danielle, Nicole, and Nate Davies, and uh man, they just knocked it out of the park. i I love that track. I think it, it opens the movie with such great energy.
0: I mean both both Lucy and Nat um are singers as well as as well as actors. Um, how yeah. was it shooting this this musical scene? did you was it like a musical? did you did they sing live? i imagine that that's a, that that has its own unique challenges
2: yeah so um, it, it was very fun and yeah the fact that they they both have this great singing voices was 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 fun to play with and take advantage of um, so we kind of did a mixture where we recorded i wanted i wanted to pre-record but we pre-recorded in that space on the day. So the acoustics, you know, you really felt like you were in that space as opposed to I mean, you would sometimes do it where you pre record, but like in a studio, in a sound booth. And then you try and make that match. And that's how I think sometimes you can get a little bit of that um, music video feel. And I didn't want for this to feel like a music video. I wanted for it to have this balance of, uh, you know, feeling special and magical, but also uh, lived in like the rest of the movie.
0: Um, you know, most of most of the film takes place kind of in and around a wedding. You know, and, and they joke about you know oh, all sort of the, the the goings on at a wedding. I'm curious as if, as if what your craziest wedding story is if you have one.
2: Oh gosh, my craziest! I don't know if I have any. I don't know if there are crazy wedding stories. Let me think. <laughs> um, well, this isn't crazy, but it was a little a little funny at the time i uh my buddies from high school was getting married and and uh and i was at this this rooftop overlooking bryant park in new york city really beautiful spot and uh you know and i and i show up and i get there and like nobody's down in the reception room and i like going up the stairs and on my way up i run into uh the bride who i you know i had only met a couple times and i was like hey you know I'm, you know, I'm, um your fiance's buddy from high school. We met. I don't know if you remember me. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's nice to see you. And she was a little, you know, flustered. And I was like, oh, she probably doesn't remember me, whatever. But I was like, you know, it was a little strange. And then, uh, and then I walk past her and walk upstairs. And as I'm walking out, everybody turns to look at me as the music's playing because. Coming up right behind me was the bride, who was about to walk down the aisle, and I realized in that moment that I was an hour late, that I had read the invitation wrong. So I literally it was like chatting the bride up as she's like preparing herself to walk down the aisle. So yeah, I was a little bit the.
0: All, all my buddies from high school had a good laugh about that. Yeah, wait. I really loved the the tone of this movie because it 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 kind of strikes me almost as. The anti rom com in a way, you know, because they're they're sort of you know up until the end they're sort of actively not trying to get together, um um in, you know in in a way, um how much of that comes out on set for you and and how much of that tone comes out in the post production process?
2: Um yeah, very good question and and some you know we could spend an hour talking about the intricacies of that, I mean, one thing that I've learned, you know, cause this is the fifth film that I've done now. One thing that I've learned is if I'm not happy with it on the day when we're shooting it, I'm not going to be happy with it in post, you know, this idea of like, you could just, uh, you know, we'll fix it in post. I don't try and approach it that way. You know, it's like, if you want to make a good meal cook with the best ingredients you can. So you try and get it as, you know, make sure that I'm happy <laughs> on the day because then I'm going to be watching it hundreds of times in post-production. Um, in terms of building out that, um, you know, it, it is. It's it's a slow burn. Um, actually, we kind of throw them into the deep end. Uh, you know, they kind of they are hooking up in the coat closet within a few minutes of the movie start. But then after that, yeah, it's a, it's a slow burn. And I think it's organic to the story because they're both really guarded. And, uh, you know, they've both been burnt a lot of times. And so, you know, part of part of the dynamic and the dance of these two characters is these two wounded characters who are trying to, you know, who are, who are proceeding with caution.
0: You know, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, obviously this film deals with, with intimacy and romance in, in a very, I think, healthy way, but the industry itself, I think, you know, in the last 5 or 6 years has done a lot of reevaluating in term in terms of you know intimate scenes on camera and sort of on on set and how those are shot and how much is necessary to be in the script and some actresses say yes and some people say no um I'm curious for you if any of those types of discussions arose for you, for you on set with within a film like this because they are such an integral part of the script.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, we had a wonderful um intimacy coordinator um with us on set for you know uh, anybody that wanted to uh to to work uh with with her and uh and so I think that's just it's a really it's a wonderful development to make sure because it's I mean in every respect safety first on um, on set you know just making sure that this is as as comfortable of, of an environment for everybody as possible so i'm i'm all in favor of that um and uh and it was a really good it was a really good experience um you know in it's uh yeah <laughs> what was the other part of your your question
0: oh yeah and it was, was just that it? It, was it was more, just... more... Y- yeah, more, more general and just more about like, you know, how, how you think maybe a film like this can, you know, did you learn anything about sort of the the sort of changing nature of, of romance? Because, you know, I think Gen Y and 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 Gen Z have very different ideas compared to maybe Gen X, for example.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's one of the reasons why anytime with with cast and with crew, I am really open to to their input and their ideas. And when I'm working with cast, I want for it to be, you know, for them to take ownership over their characters and for them to feel, um, you know, just absolute, um, absolutely invited to um, to to work on these characters and to to tell me there are things that aren't resonating with them. So, you know, if I'm working with younger actors, I'm expecting that they're going to bring some of those ideas that might be blind spots for me. So I think that it works. It's a really nice synergy in that way. And, and definitely in that respect, trying to, you know, at the same time, know that we're all human. We all have our blind spots because of the, you know, the time that we were born and, and, but also try and continually learn and, and grow.
0: Finally um do you have a favorite scene or moment that occurred um either during filming or or maybe in the editing process
2: Yeah i mean well I, editing is such a such a mysterious alchemy and you know it's it's more like sculpture where where the work very slowly emerges but then it's a, always such an exciting moment where, you know because you shoot a movie and it's you're you're moving at a thousand miles an hour and you know, there's a lot of money being spent. there's a lot of stress as the director, you're overseeing a lot. I'm answering a thousand questions a day. And then you get into editing, and you know, there's this release. It's very quiet. It's just you and the editor. And there's this magical moment that happens when suddenly, you know you're watching a cut of the movie and you're no longer thinking about oh on that day you know we lost this location or this person was having you know had a fight with this other you know you're not thinking of the behind the scenes you're actually watching this as a movie and a story and saying oh this actually this actually plays this leap of faith that we took that somehow these different puzzle pieces were going to link up and and that's so exciting and so rewarding it's one of my favorite parts of the process
0: well, uh, the film is, which brings me to you, uh, and it premieres in theaters uh, on January 19th. That is uh, the Friday after next from when we're taping this. Uh, Peter Hudgens, thank you so much for your time today.
2: Thanks so much for having me, Dan. Nice to meet you.
0: Nice to meet you. Cheers. 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 Once again, that was my interview with director Peter Hutchings. His new film, which brings me to you, is out everywhere on January the 19th. That does it for me today. My thanks to Peter Hutchins and my thanks to Thomas Vincent. I will see you all from Slovakia. Thanks for listening in and I'll catch you next time. Bye for now.